Welcome to the Glow Girl Podcast, your go-to source for learning how to work with your cycle and optimize your hormones, gut health, and metabolism to get the results that you want. I'm your host, Alyssa Curl, an online holistic nutritionist and personal trainer who's helped hundreds of women take charge of their internal and physical health so they can get to the root cause of their imbalances and achieve their fitness goals without the crazy protocols or the restrictive diets. Like many women, I've had my fair share of hormonal imbalances, gut issues, and I struggled with disordered eating for years, which is why I made it my mission to help women like you avoid the same mistakes I made, because you can live a healthy lifestyle and practice balance at the same time. And you're next. Grab a glass of wine or your favorite mocktail and get comfy, because it's time to glow, girl. Hello, hello, Really Pops. Welcome back to another episode of the Glow Girl Podcast. I'm super excited that you guys are here. We have another fabulous guest on the podcast today. Sarah, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Sarah. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and currently studying to get my master's in nutrition and functional medicine. And I have one more year left of that. And I, yeah, I am lead practitioner for a company called Kale Diagnostics. And we're a functional medicine clinic. We have nutritional practitioners, registered dietitians, uh, naturopathic doctors, and we're growing quite rapidly. So I, I am a practitioner, but also run the operations for the company. Um, and we typically see mostly women who are struggling with gut issues, PCOS, autoimmunity, thyroid. Um, but we're really expanding into men's health and children's health, um, in 2024 and, um, deal with a lot of women who have been provided with, um, I'd say poor advice and poor nutrition and wellness, um, guidance over the years. And I've kind of been at a loss and been told that everything's kind of quote unquote normal, even though they don't feel normal. So that's where usually we're kind of a last resort for people where they've kind of been to a lot of different health providers and gotten no real results. So that's where we step in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we are pretty much in like very similar fields, which is, I guess how we, we kind of connected, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, like minds. Yeah. I, I love that. That I, I love kill diagnosis. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing big things. <laughs> okay, well, as you guys have seen by the the title of this podcast, we're going to kind of be talking about like why it's so difficult for for women to see weight loss or fat loss progress and like we're going to be debunking like the myth of like, you know, calories in versus calories out is like your only option for for fat loss because while it is important, it's it's not the only kind of puzzle piece to to seeing that progress. Um, but before we hop in into the episode, let's let's share a win and a one percent better from this week. Um, we're recording this on uh, Halloween, which is you know the last day of October. So you guys know that I love reflecting on the previous month and and setting goals for the next month. I think it's always super important, not even just for like your wellness journey, your fitness journey, but like for life too, so that you can always kind of stay on task. Um, and we're not gonna get to you know December and be like, oh shoot we set these goals in January and we have done absolutely nothing. So 
think about that for a second, what your, what your reflections are from October. How do we do? How can we improve in November? Um, Sarah, would you like to share your win and your 1% better though first? Yeah. So I feel like my win recently has been, this is going to sound so simple, but just walking more. I think we forget how, like, as, especially in my realm and with a lot of my clients, it's like, okay, what should my exercise routine be? Like, what are the best workouts that I need to be doing and then we go and do a 45 minute workout and then we sit at our desks for the rest of the day I can say that because I'm guilty of this too I'm sitting right now I should be standing um and not moving our bodies enough throughout the day so something I invested in was a walking treadmill at my desk so when I'm in lecture I can walk and get another hour or two hours of movement a day that normally I would not be doing and that really I've noticed especially for Um, improving body composition has made a huge difference for me because my mentality used to be get a workout in and then I'm set for the day. And then I would sit for eight, 10 hours and then get on the couch and watch TV at the end of the day and not having moved again. So that's a huge win for me is just getting in, whether it's 30 to another, to an hour of walking, getting that heart rate up, blood flowing a little bit, um, huge win. And then the 1% better, I guess, kind of, um, similar, but, um, where I've been really focusing this kind of phase of my health journey is in breath work and nervous system regulation. And that ties into weight loss resistance and a lot of what we'll talk about today. But um, there is a lot to be said of the benefits of breath work and somatic exercising, whether that's um, doing literally somatic exercise or doing things like breath work or meditation or humming or singing or whatever you feel like is fun for you and you get the benefits. And for me, I feel, I feel much better mentally and physically and productivity wise as well. If I throw a breathwork session in throughout my day. Yeah. I I definitely want to get into breathwork. I know I I talked about that with you like not too long ago. Um, Oh my goodness. I thought I put my phone on. Do not disturb? Please go away. (laughs) I should too. Um, blowing up my phone over here. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely really want to try out that app that, that you were talking about. I didn't get to it this, this month just because my month was like freaking crazy hectic. I'm like, I want to give it like my all. So that's my goal for November is to get into breathwork for sure. Yeah. It makes a really big difference. And we're even layering in breathwork or somatic exercising into our programs at Kale Diagnostics now, because it's been such an important piece of the puzzle if a client isn't making the progress that they're they kind of quote unquote should be making and we're feeling like we have a lot of our our bases covered layering in a nervous system support session through somatic exercises is been a game changer for a lot of our clients love that I love that um okay I'm trying to think of what my win was I had it and I totally lost it um my my win has is I have been really really good at um my my reading goal I've been like trying to make sure that I read at least like a couple of pages every night like I all of 2022 I read zero books no books and so (sighs) this year I was like I want to read like a book a month which was kind of a really big stretch goal um but I have put down at least like six books this year so that's you know nice. we're gonna put a win right there um but I've been reading the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo oh my I god that 
I super I, good. Yeah, I <laughs> I think I was on like page ten when I went on my trip last week to to New York, and I'm like almost done with it now. So it was it was amazing. Um, yeah, that's a good and, one. And then one percent better for me is. I think giving myself some grace as I'm going through this healing journey. Um, I, I love the gym and like, I am kind of getting on myself for like not having as much like muscle mass anymore. I don't feel as strong anymore. Cause I've had to take some time off from the gym. And bef- the week before I left for my trip, I did really well with like getting back into the gym, like four days a week, getting some strength training in. I was feeling really good. And then last week, because I had to kind of, pack a week's worth of work into three days I like kind of you know (laughs) woke up early did work and like I didn't get to the gym last week and then you know we went out of town we ate out a whole bunch and then this week I got sick so I'm like I know we're not gonna make it to the gym I'm like you know what I can't beat myself up like I'm just I'm just trying to work on that positive self-talk and remember like that this is not the stage of my life where like I can be crushing it in the gym and be a muscle mommy right now like I I have to take care of the internal health um, and, and that's where we're at. So we're just resetting and we're, we're chugging along and that's what we're working on this week. I love that. And I probably should have said something along those lines too, but it is, it's something that, you know, if you're dealing with any chronic health issues or trying to make a dent in your health journey, if you feel felt like you're plateauing, changing things up, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, like reducing your workouts because you've been maybe doing a lot of working out and maybe that's felt good for a while, but it's not necessarily serving you right now. It's a scary thing and it might feel really uncomfortable, but some, what's that? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Like sometimes a lot of that, like progress in your health journey is breaking some of those old habits that like you've just been doing forever. And I think that's a really awesome change that you're making and not feeling guilty for it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I love that you got the the treadmill desk though, because I got one last year for like, uh, I think I had like a Black Friday sale or something like that. And I swear, yeah. like it's been a game changer for like my work days because I would be so sedentary and now we're like crushing walking left and right. Yeah. And you know, it it doesn't happen every day, but on the days that it does, I'm like, really, it makes me feel amazing. And the lectures go by when we're talking about oxidative stress and lecture all day. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. And it really just makes it go by quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let us hop into the episode. So can you just tell us a little bit more about like how you got into the functional space. I know like you deal with, you know, PCOS and, and a lot of like these other kind of issues that we talk about a lot in here. So, you know, kind of just give us, give us the background of your story over here. Yeah. You know, I've always kind of had more intense cycles and I can remember when I got my first cycle and that was just, it's always been a little bit, um, hard for me. And so going into high school and college, getting on the birth control pill, trying IUDs, doing all the, you know, the things that we're told to do to deal with painful cycles. Um, and me not really knowing any of the background, um, of what it was doing to my body because I was never told. Um, luckily my, my parents are chiropractors and they just are come from a nature of, you know, let's try things before we jump into medications. And so they always had a little hesitancy around me getting on, on hormonal birth control pills or doing the IUD. And so I always had that in the back of my mind, like, Hey, what is, what is this really doing to me? 
Um, but got through college, finally got off the pill and my cycles came back with a vengeance and were angry and mean and got acne and I gained weight and I, you know, had all the mood instability stuff too. Um, and at, around that time I was in the corporate world and was really unhappy in my career, traveling a lot and decided to go back to school to the Nutritional Therapy Association and get my certification and learn more about nutrition and the effects of um, of lifestyle and diet on, on the body. And I learned a ton in that program and then finally decided to leave the corporate world and dive in more into nutrition and um, change that. But with that came like a lot of a lot of the change and the kind of disruptions in my personal life, still trying to function normally with, with these really severe cycles. And um, finally went to a gynecologist who said, get back on birth control. That's the only way you can manage your PCOS. And I got this tentative endometriosis diagnosis. And really what were the options? It was birth control pill, hysterectomy, or get pregnant. And I'm, mind you, I'm 24, 25 years old, like very eager to be in my career and independent. And those were just not options for me. Um, and so I was left kind of to figure it out. I was connected with a functional medicine doctor who is amazing. I still see her today. Um, and she really dove into my functional labs, did a Dutch panel, did, um, organic acid test and found a lot of imbalances, whether it was in my hormones or in my gut and through addressing those issues, those imbalances, really have improved a lot. Um, it wasn't until I addressed my nervous system, though, was I really feeling relief in my cycles, which was actually this year. Yeah. So it really is a journey. And I really a lot of my clients conversations is like around patients and functional healing takes time. You know, think about all the years over years of, of how you got here. Sometimes it takes that time to unravel those habits and those um, those imbalances. And so being patient, having grace, knowing that you're doing the right things and you're going to take two steps forward and one step back. That's always been my, my experience. Um, but I would not have it any other way. I would not go back on the birth control pill or get a hysterectomy or get pregnant. Um, and it's been, it's been a journey. And I think the experiences that I've had have really helped me be empathetic and understanding and have placed me into a position of helping other women um, with their hormonal imbalances and their, their gut health as well. Yeah. I literally resonate with like all of that. Cause that was exactly like my story, too. <laughs> like from a young age, just birth control and, and all these, these different things that here, here we are 10 years later, like absolutely uh, screwed. <laughs> totally. And like, no one told us. Yeah. Luckily, I think obviously with social media too, like women are waking the heck up and you can curse on we, here if you want to waking the fuck up. <laughs> and we are, we didn't have, like when I was 16, it was like, Instagram was just coming out. I was yeah. like, there was none of that. So I wasn't, I had no idea. And now it just, it makes me so happy that women are speaking up and being like, Hey, this, my doctor wasn't trying to screw me over, but they yeah. didn't know what else to do with me. I had, you know, acne and painful periods. And so they just, this was their toolbox. Their toolbox was, here's the pill. Now, okay, if that's their toolbox and we're dealing with chronic health issues, shouldn't we both be looking for someone who has a different toolbox, like a nutritional therapy practitioner, like a naturopath, like a functional registered dietitian, whoever it is, whoever you resonate with, 
it doesn't have to be your primary care or your gynecologist. They have their purpose and they're absolutely necessary. And I'm so thankful for my gynecologist and my primary care. Um, but for chronic health issues like PCOS and painful periods and chronic acne, um, weight loss even, that may not be the best place to get your, your support. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I know you've, you've struggled with like weight loss resistance in the past. So like, what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, a lot of it was, you know, after college and after college, you know, not eating, of course, you know, perfectly well, but also just a lot of the stress and the, um, the birth control pill. And it was kind of this culmination of me trying to number one, under eat, number two, over exercise, number three, medication on the birth control pill and number four just chronic stress with trying to get through school and social life and all these things and what I really look back at it's like okay my thyroid was probably struggling like hell my blood sugar was probably dysregulated I was intermittent fasting for trying to intermittent fast for like 18 hours because I thought that's what I was supposed to do for weight loss and for weight management um I would never do that again, but I thought that's what it was, what the right thing was doing. Well, my, my blood sugar was an absolute disaster. I was so moody. I couldn't focus. And then stress on top of that, like I had no stress management skills. I had no idea what my stress levels even were. It wasn't until recently I figured out what my stress levels were and all of that culmination of what I think a lot of women in that age range and even even older are, are kind of going through is, is very similar. It's like their metabolisms are super low. Their stress is really high. And that creates this environment for weight to kind of stick on, literally stick on the body and be really resistant to improving your body composition. Um, and I think that's where I had to do a lot of research and really figure out and come to terms with, okay, maybe it's not about eating less. Maybe it's about eating to what your body needs and really fueling your, your energy levels and moderate exercise and making sure that the exercise you're doing is really strength focused, but also you're moving your body throughout the day, whether that's chores or emptying the dishwasher or vacuuming or it cooking, that's all contributing to a happy, healthy metabolism. And it doesn't have to be these huge hit workouts. Um, so I think it was really a, a combination of, of all of those things that really my body was like, we need, we don't feel safe. We're holding on to this um, excess adipose tissue and we're not going to build any muscle whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I tell my clients and like other women I talk to time and time again, like when they're like, I'm struggling with, you know, I, I want to lose weight and I'm struggling to see that weight loss progress. And, you know, we uncover that they have hormonal issues and gut imbalances and all these things. And I'm like, look, you know, your, your body does a really good job at protecting you. Like this is years and years of evolution where like, it's, it's going to protect your, your vital organs and all these things, no matter what, it doesn't know the difference between a bear coming to attack you or like your day-to-day stress from your job. So it's not going to prioritize things like weight loss or fat loss or reproduction or, you know, all of these things when it does not feel safe. So we got to make sure that it feels safe and attack these things head on first before we can see the other progress happen. But once those things are addressed, like everything else falls into place, which is beautiful. A hundred percent. I think that that's something that 
personally only this year and even on social media that I've even seen people start to talk about is that safety, that nervous system regulation. I think that has to be an absolutely a piece of every program for every nutritional practitioner, every naturopathic physician should be prioritizing that stress and nervous system and making sure that that's at the forefront. Because like you said, if the body doesn't feel safe, it's not prioritizing those basic bodily functions, yeah. like even fertility or, or reproduction is, is put on the back burner or digestion like that alone, yeah. you're probably not breaking down food properly. And then, you know, leads to bacterial overgrowths and candida and all these other areas that also downregulate your metabolism and can produce their own toxins and inflammation. It's a, it's a, it's all starts with that, that nervous system. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit of like what weight loss resistance actually is? Yeah. So I think a lot of it comes down to to a few different areas, stress, insulin resistance, and thyroid is a big, a really big piece of that. And, and, you know, if we have poor stress management practices that increases our stress hormone cortisol and cortisol really is responsible for regulating how much sugar or glucose and fat gets stored in the body and how much is released for, for fuel. So if you're chronically stressed, your adrenal glands release bursts of cortisol to help you cope with that stress, increasing your blood sugar. And when that is chronically at elevated, it can decrease the ability of your body to burn fat or lipolysis. And high, that high cortisol is really essentially masking your, your fat loss and can even lead to things like high, high inflammation levels um, and like water retention, a lot of times women say, I, you know, I feel really puffy. I feel, um, I feel inflamed. That can be a lot of that cortisol. And often I'll see in, we run Dutch tests at Kale Diagnostics really on 99% of our clients. And we'll see, um, it doesn't always have to be elevated cortisol that we're seeing in their, their urine tests. We see oftentimes completely flatline cortisol after Mm -hmm. years and years of chronic elevated cortisol. And so they're like, I'm so confused. I thought I'd have high cortisol. It's like, well, you were probably high cortisol for years before this and your adrenal glands are somewhat shot. And so they're not able to produce adequate cortisol anymore. And we want cortisol. We, cortisol is not a bad thing. We want it in moderate amounts and we want it at the right times of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a really big one. Insulin resistance kind of goes hand in hand with that. Insulin's a hormone that basically you can think of as a key that lets blood sugar into the cells to be used for energy. Mm-hmm. And so when a lot of blood sugar enters your bloodstream, the pancreas pumps out a lot of insulin to get that blood sugar into the cells and insulin resistance can kind of develop over time where it's like, okay, there's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of insulin being pumped, and the cells become resistant to that insulin and don't allow that um, blood that sh- glucose to get into the cells. The pancreas can't quite keep up and um, that high insulin levels basically tell your liver and muscles to store this blood sugar and can really cause that, that weight gain. So insulin resistance being a huge piece of this I think personally, insulin resistance um, is the easiest thing to change when it comes to your health, whether it's um, your stress or your thyroid or your insulin. I think insulin is something that just by um, changing your diet can make a profound impact on your insulin levels and your fasting insulin. Um, And then your thyroid is a big one that I see a lot, especially post-birth control, underactive thyroids, extremely common. 
Um, we run functional thyroid panels at Kill Diagnostics also, so we can see whether it's autoimmune thyroid or just a underactive thyroid, sluggish thyroid. Underactive thyroids can reduce your metabolic rate, so your metabolism literally decreases, and that can lead to weight gain. Um, so those three kind of combinations I kind of think of as weight loss resistance. I also always, after talking to my clients about diet and movement, of course, um, if those are honed in, then we go into stress, insulin resistance and thyroid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when it comes to just like health in general, and I, I talk about this all the time and I'm sure you can agree is like, we have to look at this as like a full system, like body system component. Like it's not just like one area that we need to focus on. Like this is like a whole body thing that like we have to focus on to address specific issues. A hundred percent. And I think it's looked, I actually got a text from one of my classmates this morning. Um, she went to her primary care cause she's gained a little weight. She's entering menopause and her primary care told her to eat, eat a thousand calories a day. And that's the only way that she would lose weight, not yeah. considering her hormone levels, not considering the fact that she's entering menopause, maybe needs to go on bioidentical hormone, maybe needs to change her diet, decrease to a thousand calories a day, mind blowing. And that's what, that's what most women are hearing from their yeah. healthcare providers. And it is so much more, and it's all these different body systems that have to be, have to be factored in. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we can kind of talk a little bit about that too. Is like, like, let's like debunk calories and versus calories that we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, why, why is it so hard for like women to, to lose weight? Like we see men, you know, like they'll go and go on like a cut or something like that. And like, they can drop body fat so fast and like it yeah. comes to us and we're like, I've cut my calories in half and I've gained 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's, you know, thyroid conditions are way more prevalent in women than they are in men. Um, so we're much more sensitive to reducing caloric uh, content versus men. A lot of that has to do with our thyroid. So if we reduce our thyroid, our reduce our calories, our body's going to meet us where we're where we're at, right? So if we're reducing from 1800 calories to 1100 calories, your body's going to quite literally reduce the metabolic rate to function at a place where it can function on 1100 calories. With yeah. that means it's going to hold on to the body fat that you have so that it can, um, it can get through all of the different processes like digestion and fertility and all these things that we're mentioning um, all of biochemistry, it needs that energy in order to do so. So often if we're decreasing our caloric intake, we're go going to also decrease our metabolism and you're probably going to be worse off than you were before. So my general advice is don't change the caloric content, but in ch instead change the macros and the micronutrients. So instead look at okay, can I hit a really nice high protein um, grams per day? So protein is lower in calories, but really high in satiation. So you're feeling really satiated. You are getting the amino acids in order to really function optimally. And that's a, 
in my opinion, a better option to increase your protein, prioritize complex carbohydrates and healthy fats instead of saying, okay, hit 1100 calories. Well, what are those calories coming from? And how is that functioning in the body? It's probably not going to go very well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again, where like clients come in severely under eating and, you know, a lot of it's coming from like sugar-free syrups and, and bars and, you know, like macro friendly everything. And I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> this is why we are absolutely wrecked over here. Like why your gut is not functioning well. Like not only oh. are we not giving your body the fuel that it needs, but we're also getting these calories from not so great sources, not saying, you know, again, like there's no good or bad foods, but I mean, you know, there's more nutrient dense foods than others. And there is definitely foods that cause a lot more inflammation. So when you are dealing with all of these issues and you're feeding into that inflammation, it's going to continue to make things that much worse. Yeah. And really literally going back to the basics of what healthy eating is, and that normally doesn't look like a big packaged protein bar or low calorie chips or whatever it is. I don't know, but going back to the basics and eating foods that your great grandmother would recognize as real whole foods. is like my tagline. I say it to all of my clients and getting, doing that, starting there. So when you're going to the grocery store, would your grandma, great grandma recognize, or however old you are, great, great grandma recognize avocados or bananas or chicken breast. Would she recognize the weird go, you know, weird macro bar that you're eating that's really high in protein and has no sugar and like doesn't even know what those sugars are so that's how simple I want it to be for my clients is like let's not overcomplicate nutrition let's try and hit a certain protein goal it's probably the only thing I'm having you track and then outside of that if you're hitting that you're going to most likely eat the right things that your body needs yeah for sure um how like can someone kind of figure out like if they have weight loss resistance. Like what does, what does that look like? Oftentimes it's like, I've been in a healthy weight majority of my life. And then all of a sudden I pretty rapidly gained weight and I didn't change anything. Like I didn't really change my diet. I didn't change my workout routine. I've just all of a sudden gained weight. And a lot of times that can be things that you don't think are actually happening. Like you're really stressed job change, like something major happened. Maybe it's your cortisol started to just kind of burn out. And so that's kind of a a factor there. Things that you're like, oh, I didn't really change anything, but actually things are changing in the body and that metabolism has come down. And if after months of, you know, you're working out, you're doing all the quote unquote right things and you're you're not improving your body composition, um, I really emphasize getting functional testing done and connecting with obviously a nutritional practitioner to to get a, a check there and see, okay, are there, um, you know, specific bacterial strains that are promoting a healthy back, um, a healthy metabolism, or there's specific bacterial strains that are promoting of obesity. There are, there are, there is research on that. So if you're really high in those obesogenic promoting bacteria, that's obviously, obviously not going to be helpful in your weight loss journey, or if your cortisol is dysregulated or your estrogen excess Um, your minerals are depleted, things like that. That's all super, super helpful. Getting your thyroid checked um, to optimize and make sure you're in really healthy ranges and you're not over-exercising, hitting Orange Theory five days a week and calorie cutting. 
yeah yeah I mean that's kind of like what I experienced this past year um and like what kind of prompted me to get finally some testing done after you know years of of struggling with like bad periods and and acne and things like that like for the most part a lot of that had went away and I had went into like a slight calorie deficit earlier this year just to kind of lose a little bit more body fat and um this was like after you know years of like getting my calories up to where they need to be after chronically dieting and, and all these yeah. things um and you know last year I, I did a a cut in the summer and I had great results and then this year just being a business owner stress being really high like you know just lo- lots of life changes um I I you know went through the cut again and I basically saw like no progress and I'm like okay I, I feel weaker in the gym I'm getting a lot of injuries um you know like my mood is everywhere I'm like this is not right like we right. we got to we got to figure this out and then you know we do a test and I'm like yep I have no cortisol for stage three adrenal fatigue oh. <laughs> <actually> dominant oh. <laughs> like all the things I'm like okay well this makes so much more sense as to why why we're struggling here like th- there's always an answer and you just have to actually make sure that you're seeking it out and not just saying hey this is okay this is normal because it's not normal yeah and imagine if you didn't get that testing done and you just tried to push through and went months and months and months without oh, progress yeah. and exacerbating the hormonal imbalances like so much is okay stop everything you're doing stop like stop the cut stop the exercise sleep eight hours eat three meals a day hydrate with electrolytes like really getting back to the basics to say okay adrenals you're okay you're safe okay estrogen you don't need to be producing out you know out of out of hand here and supporting detoxification like all those things are so so important and the functional testing gave you that the the answers that you were probably looking for yeah and I mean you know like a lot of the things that I was doing already like to support my hormones like definitely put me in a better position but yeah. I mean again this this is years of being on and off different birth controls and all these things that just like weren't properly handled and then you throw like excess stress on top of that and it's like okay like we're we're opening the floodgates to, to just everything now literally yeah, oh your body was was over it. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're getting we're getting there though. Um. Okay. So, how can someone kind of you know handle and and figure out you know how to like manage that that um like oh what I'm trying to say weight loss resistance mind mind blank for a second. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That that's fair. Um. A lot of a lot of what I kind of do with my clients who are dealing with weight loss resistance right do the do the functional testing but also kind of reverse dieting almost which doesn't mean like free reign go you know eat fast food and it's not necessarily like intuitive eating either like we're really just saying okay there's there's no um diet that I want you to follow because a lot of people who are having dealing with weight loss resistance are either doing like whole 30 or 75 hard or vegan or vegetarian, right? We're, we're losing that. We're getting rid of that. Any food sensitivities that they've had, maybe testing in the last few years, trying to maybe, maybe reintroduce that if their symptoms aren't too intense. So really kind of letting those guidelines go for a bit and getting those calories back up. And while there might be a little bit of weight gain at the beginning, um, the body composition is most likely improving. So there's a difference between weight gain and or weight loss 
and improving body composition. So improving body composition means you're increasing your muscle mass and decreasing your fat mass. Most likely that's what improving body composition is most often I should say. Yeah. And weight loss could be actually a negative thing where you're increasing your fat mass and you're decreasing your muscle mass. Yeah. Women need to have muscle in order to have a healthy, happy metabolism. And we don't focus on that. I, in my opinion, as women, we do not think about increasing our muscle because we're always saying, how do we get smaller? Yeah. We really need to be thinking about how do we increase our muscle? How do we get bigger, but in the right way where we're getting stronger and our metabolism is healthy, our cycles are healthy and regular, our skin looks great, our, our hair looks great, our nails are strong. Those are all more important than someone saying, oh, I'm not losing weight on a scale. I've, I've actually gained weight. Well, do your jeans fit better? Are you sleeping through the night? Like these are more important signals of weight loss resistance improving than the actual scale. So I don't even ask my clients to track their weight. I'm more looking at the vital signs um, like sleep stress and um, genes fitting and those things. And really that that's increasing the calories, increasing your protein, decreasing your processed packaged foods, making sure you're sleeping eight hours a night, getting that movement, that consistent movement throughout the day. So you're not sitting all day um, and making sure your thyroid's checked, getting that all ironed out. And then maybe, you know, ideally going on a protocol for, for what your lab results come back as. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it really just comes down to like those, those basic things. And I, I think 95 to basically all, almost all the clients that I work with, they come in and, and they start with like a reverse diet right off the bat because they're most likely under eating. They've been trying to lose weight for so long. And I always make that distinction of like, we're not focusing on weight loss. We're focusing on fat loss and gaining muscle because yeah fat loss and weight loss, you know, those are two different things. And I wish, you know, just growing up too, like I knew that distinction as well, because I spent so many years trying to make myself like the smallest version possible. And I know so many other women do the exact same thing. And it's like, we should focus, like you said, you know, on getting stronger on, you know, those basic habits that are only going to make us healthier from the inside out that are going to make us feel good because it's not just on like the the number on the scale it's really like how you're feeling how your health is like all of that is way more important than a stupid number on the scale that yeah like holy yeah and I I can think back to when maybe I was at at a really thin 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 when I was maybe too thin at a point and I had no energy I was nasty like I was just so hungry and so like mean because I was just underfed and under satiated and my cycles were bad like we have to think about what we want out of our of our bodies and out of our lives like if if you're wanting to just be the smallest person that you are and sacrifice these other vital areas then okay but you're probably going to have bad sleep bad sex bad bad relationship like it's going to get a little negative and So I really have to have those conversations where it's like, okay, what are your goals? If your goal is to actually build muscle, improve your metabolism, improve your hormones, all these other areas, that's a different conversation than weight loss in general. Yeah, yeah for sure. I know. I, I definitely like look back at 
when like I was you know trying to become the smallest version of myself I'm like I'm probably a good 20 pounds heavier than I was then but like my body Same. composition is is totally different than than what it used to be like I remember you know looking at those pictures or like what I felt like in those pictures I'm like oh my god I'm so like you know fat like I call myself fat all the time and even though I clearly was not um but you know it really was just like I didn't wasn't happy with my body composition change or my body composition and I would refuse to lift weights because I'm like I don't want to become bulky I don't want muscle on me because that's what we were told as women and now I'm like I want all the muscle (laughs) I don't care me too I don't care what the scale says I just want to see all the muscle I want to be able to lift so strong in the gym like I want to eat well I don't want to ever have to like skip out on food ever again yeah. and I want to like learn how to properly feel my body and give my body like exactly what it needs to feel happy yeah and if you want to feel confident go lift weights in the gym you'll feel so freaking confident and happy and like I'm a badass like that's where I feel like I even though I'm not lift like I'm not lifting the most out of anyone in like a gym class but like yeah. I'm in my head and I feel so confident and proud of myself. And then I feel good the rest of the day. And I don't feel depleted after these really high intensity workouts. Like I just got, you know, I got, I did my heavy strength training. I feel confident the rest of the day. I have good energy. I refueled afterwards. I ate a lot of protein. Like once you start to change your mindset around what you want your body to look like and what you want your body to feel like a lot of other areas of your life change as well yeah exactly what would be one key takeaway from this episode for the audience um I think number one the one key takeaway which I don't even think we really touched on but intermittent we touched on a little bit intermittent fasting I think is something that only a small subset of women should be doing and the majority of women in our age group and with our goals, um, I imagine a lot of your audience has similar goals as to what our goals are. Um, Intermittent fasting is not going to serve you, especially in the second half of your cycle. So as you're approaching your period, intermittent fasting is not it. Maybe, maybe a few days on the front end of your cycle. um, But eating those three meals a day, eating a really protein rich breakfast with 40 to 50 grams of protein within 90 minutes of of waking is going to change your stress hormones, your sex hormones. If you're low in progesterone, like a lot of women are eating that those three meals a day is going to be a game changer and hair, libido, all these different things that women are struggling with. I don't love to just blame one thing, but sometimes intermittent fasting is a really big contributor. And I have to work a lot on that with um, my clients. I had to go through that unlearning myself. And so that's probably what a key takeaway is kind of start to shift away from that. Maybe it's just ending dinner or snacking around 8 PM and then having your breakfast around 8 AM. Like that's a healthy, a healthy kind of routine. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we didn't really even get to talk about intermittent fasting, but you know, just really quick, like why is intermittent fasting, like not super great for, for women? Cause I know that we hear so many like studies of like how great intermittent fasting is, but like not a lot of them are actually done on reproductive women. Yeah. So it's really, it kind of comes back to the conversation around making your body feel safe and making your body feel like it has food coming and there's no tiger chasing you and there's, you're not in a 
um, time of need for additional food. So it's basically if you're, you know, two things with intermittent fasting, you're going really long periods, obviously, without eating, but you're also most likely decreasing your calorie intake. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of studies showing that intermittent fasting might have benefits for apoptosis or cell regrowth, but it also, um, you're most likely decreasing your calories and that's where the benefits are coming from in men. Um, that's the other thing is that a, a lot of these studies actually maybe, I don't know of any studies on women for intermittent fasting and the, the impacts of, of what it's doing to their cycles. That's a huge problem. So we don't have the studies to show that intermittent fasting is healthy for women in a cycling period. Mm -hmm. Maybe women who are pre um, are about to approach menopause, that might be something to look into a little bit more. But I haven't seen the research that's that's supportive of intermittent fasting for cycling women. Um, so you're most likely decreasing your calories. You're most likely putting your body under a lot more stress than it's already under. So if you have a very stress-free life, crickets, probably no yeah. one, um, then maybe intermittent fasting is for you. But what I'm thinking is like, let's decrease our stress. Let's increase our stress management practices and set you up for success. So intermittent fasting is just not supportive of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think I have any of my clients intermittent fast ever. Very mm -hmm. rare. I don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I think maybe one over the last year. Yeah. I used to do it because I, I would read the studies. Like, wow, this is amazing. But I didn't apply it to cycling women. I just didn't think about that. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Any other takeaways from this episode? I feel like that was the biggest one. I think that that's a big one. I think just again making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're lifting weights and sleeping enough. Um, those are are really big pieces of weight loss, sorry, improving body composition is making sure that you're, you're building that muscle, you're resting and recovering, and you're not overburdening yourself. You know, again, like always go to that example of five days a week at Orange Theory, that probably 90% of my weight loss resistance clients are Orange Theory oh, yeah. people. Like they just have overdone it on that high, high, high intensity and are just totally burnt out now. So really treating your body with respect and rest and grace and give yourself some freaking love because I don't think we do it enough. And um, I think a lot of that's where that comes from. Oh my God. So, so good. I appreciate you so much for coming on here. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. I love, I love talking about these things. <laughs> where, where can everyone find you? I'll leave all of her information in the show notes, but give yourself a little shout out real fast. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, simply skiing. That was my nickname in high school was skiing, Sarah King. Um, so everyone thinks it's simply s king but whatever um simply skiing on instagram and then pale diagnostics um is the company that i work for we're always accepting more clients and growing rapidly so you can always shoot me a dm um or email me if you want more information awesome thank you so much for for hopping on um i will leave all her information like i said in the show notes um and if you guys have any questions please feel reach out feel free to reach out to me or Sarah. I can't talk today. My brain is all, all over the place. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> and uh, please go ahead and leave the podcast a review. If you guys found this helpful, five stars only, please. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye. Bye.
thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Glow Girl Podcast. If you love the episode, please share the podcast with your besties and tag me on socials. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. And if you have any questions regarding today's episode, please feel free to direct message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to help. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you.